The Orlando Magic made perhaps the toughest decision they had to make this offseason. Why it's a sign that this team is ready to take its next steps. We'll go over the Magic's goals for next season, as well as why they're fine staying where they're at and why they can't stay there much longer. Let's get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. I'm recording this on July 4th, 2023. This will be the episode for July 5th, 2023. Happy Independence Day to those still celebrating. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic make a difficult choice, but one that signals the direction the Magic intend to head. Why the Magic cut Bull Bull and why it was time to end that experiment. Plus, why the Magic are fine running their own race right now and why that's important for this season. But why, but why that clock is ticking on valuing flexibility as the Orlando Magic prepare to take the next state step in their developmental progress. We'll get to all that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Magic. Before we do that, I want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Whether you're listening to us in the evening on Independence Day, why you're doing that, I don't know. Um, whether you're listening to us first thing in the morning, whether you're listening to us right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. When, when the Orlando Magic, or at least when it was reported, I should say, everything is reported right now. Nothing is official yet. But when it was reported the Orlando Magic were set to sign Joe Ingles and then set to re-sign Mo Wagner, everybody knew the Magic had one more move to make. They had one more thing they had to do. They had one more bit of business to clean up before we got to the end of the offseason. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, it's not really clear why, but the Magic were able to extend their deadline to decide this move uh, until at least today. But the Magic made the move I think we all suspected that they would make. And it's a hard one. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you that it is that it, it, it does. It, it feels like the right decision. It feels like what the Magic had to do to take their next steps and, and a sacrifice they had to make. But Let's not kid ourselves. This is a hard decision to make. And it is the first of a series of hard decisions that are going to come over the next year and over the next several seasons as Orlando prepares to build itself into what they hope can be a title contending team. But the first of those difficult decisions came came Tuesday. The Orlando Magic announced that they are waiving Bull Bull. His guarantee date on his contract was extended to an unknown date, but assumedly, the Magic did not guarantee that contract, $2.2 million for that last year. Did not guarantee that contract. And Bull, despite having what was a solid season, is no longer a member of the Orlando Magic. To say the least, this is a this 
was a necessary move because the Magic did have one more roster spot and Bowl had the contract that was easily cut and didn't cost the team anything. It's easy to say, oh, why didn't they cut Chuma, Chuma KK, who they're not using anyway, instead of Bowl Bowl, who they were using? Well, that's not your money <laughs> that you're spending there. Um, this is a cost-cutting move and, and, and obviously one that kind of had to be made. Bull had a really strong season last year. I, I don't think there's – there is no other way to describe it. He averaged 9.1 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, and 1.2 blocks per game. Shot 54.6% floor and 26.5% from beyond the arc. Certainly, his season tailed off as we got closer to the end, though. Um, in the first 37 games of the season, Bull averaged 12 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game and 1.6 blocks per game with shooting splits of 58-8, 38-8, 73-9. He started 32 of those first 37 games that the Magic play. In the final 33 games of the season, however, a bull really struggled. His minutes dove to dove from 26.1 minutes per game to 16.3 minutes per game. Uh, and his numbers dropped pretty precipitously too to get to 9.1. In fact, he shot well below 30% from beyond the arc as he finished below 30% from beyond the arc for the season. And he did not play. He was a DNP coach's decision in seven of the final 10 games, only playing in the final three games after Orlando was eliminated from postseason contention. At his best, Bull Bull was a highlight machine, a seven foot two big with guard skills who could attack in, in transition, get downhill to the basket, put the ball at a height that no one could reach hit threes, block shots. At his best, you could see exactly why everyone believed he could be such a special player coming out of high school and why the Denver Nuggets took a flyer on him and why everyone believed in him. At his worst, you could see why seven-footers doing all that stuff can be a little bit of a problem. Bull really struggled with his defensive awareness, often losing players uh, in the corner in the in, in, in help side uh, off too often being a player that teams can attack as good as he was in the half court attacking and getting downhill. He was very bad at attacking in the half court uh, from a standstill position. He would often just try and drive into traffic. He ended up turning the ball over a lot uh, and just became a player that the magic could not trust. And that is ultimately what this comes down to. Look, Bull did not play the first three years of his career in Denver. And the reasons for that are Denver's roster stacked. <laughs> they didn't have the time to play him. This was essentially Bull's rookie season. Last year was the first time that Bull got consistent minutes at any point in his career. And so he, and so the Magic gave him his first real opportunity. And look, like any rookie, they're going to have moments that they're really good. They're going to have moments that they're really bad. And while Bull's been in the league for a little bit longer than that, last season was essentially his rookie season. It was essentially him getting the rookie experience um, as far as experiencing things for the first time. And on a rebuilding team, they can stomach some of those errors. They can stomach some of those mistakes. They can stomach some of those miscues. They can stomach having to learn on the job the way that Bull Bull had to learn on the job. But that's not where we're at anymore. And ultimately what Bull Bull needs to be successful is he needs 
the space to explore his game, to explore all that vast talent that he has, and the chance to, yes, make and learn from mistakes. The Magic put him on the bench, and the Magic buried him a little bit in the, in the rotation because Bull wasn't necessarily learning from some of those mistakes. He was making a lot of the same mistakes, and, and, and it was a struggle for him to branch his game out. But he also got pushed to the bench because the Magic's goals suddenly changed. Yes, they got healthier. So yeah, Marco Fultz, Cole Anthony were in the lineup. They no longer needed the jumbo lineup. Um, Jonathan Isaac got healthy for a little while, so he wasn't he wasn't needed there either. The Magic, though, their overarching goals change, and, and that's ultimately why the, I think that Orlando made this decision to go in this direction to sign a Joe Ingles instead of focusing on shoring up their center depth. Um, to bring back Mo Wagner, knowing full well that that was going to cost them a really talented player in Bull Bull. At the end of the day, what this means to me is something we've talked about on this pod this entire offseason, ever since the season ended. The Magic, as an organization, as a team, are growing up. They are readying and preparing to take that next step forward. To be that team on the rise. The team on the rise that we all suspect they want to be. That can make the playoffs. You know, you go through the roster today, it is deeper than it was last year. No more Terrence Ross. You know, you know, maybe not the best example. No Mo Bamba. No Admiral Schofield. No Michael Carter-Williams. Replaced with players that we believe can be rotation players. You know, really... Chuma Okeke is the only guy on the roster that was out of the rotation at any point, really last season. You know, Mo Wagner, Gogo Batadze split backup center minutes, but Chuma Okeke is the only guy really on this roster right now that was fully out of the rotation for much of the season. This is a deeper team with bigger expectations. And the fact of the matter is, Orlando is no longer a rebuilding team because a rebuilding team would have the time to invest in Bobo. Would have the time to see the good over the bad from Bull and to give him the space to learn. And not that Orlando didn't give him that last year. They certainly did, and they kind of made their choice when they moved him to the bench. But as the Magic got deeper into the season, they became more serious about competing and winning in the winning at a playoff about trying to win games and started making some rotation decisions, not always, but started making some rotation decisions to build to that effect. Waving Bull Bull today is as sure a sign as there is that the Magic do believe they are ready to compete more seriously. And unfortunately, Young players who have a lot to learn, like Bull Bull, don't often fit in with those teams. And so the Magic have made that decision to move on. And that's a good segue to get us to what are the actual goals of the season. I know I've talked a little bit out of both sides of my mouth, so let's clarify some things and clarify why the Magic made the moves they made as they try to strike this really difficult balance of 
being more prepared to win, but still investing in a lot of youth. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount, first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Got to remind remind you all to check out our subtext community. I was able to send out a subtext today with my initial thoughts on Bull Bulls, on the decision to wave Bull Bull. But Summer League coming up, you're going to want my thoughts as well on the Summer League roster, who to watch, who's standing out, and other notes that I find on the Summer League team. Check it out today. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Magic to learn more. Join subtext.com slash locked on magic to learn more. So the magic have made this decision to, to wave bull bull. And it, and it's obviously a piece of a lot of decisions that, that have been made over the course of this off season. Um, you know, the magic are just in this really interesting spot. They entered the off season with a ton of cap room to spend around 21, $22 million dollars. They ate into that very, very slowly, and that included their draft picks, but about $22 million of cap room. They ate into it very slowly, keeping Goga Batadze, picking up his team option as a useful player, as a player that they felt could be useful, um, and then spending essentially all of it on Joe Ingles and Mo Wagner, at least reportedly spending all of it on Joe Ingles and Mo Wagner. They did not use that cap room to absorb more salary. They do not appear to be trying to get into any kind of trades. They, they, they don't seem to be, uh, they didn't seem to be looking to be super active. Yet, as I just mentioned, the expectations in Orlando have grown. They've changed. It is, this team is expected to do a whole lot more. I'm trying to move myself out of the sun, I apologize. Um, This team is expected to do a whole lot more this year. But, and I, I understand this criticism because continuity has been a big thing and has been a cover for Jeff Weltman from doing bigger moves. However, in this instance, I think it does make sense. In this instance, I think the Magic are thinking logically. They are trying to walk this path of both being a developmental outfit and a winning outfit. And obviously, they've already sacrificed one development project to, to try this. But they're trying to give their young players the chance they deserve to try and figure this out. They believe Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner can be the top guys on their team. They're not about to go grab a Damien Lillard, for instance, that they're not going to grab Damien Lillard. But they're not going to go grab a Damien Lillard. They weren't going to go grab a Donovan Mitchell last year. 
to take the ball out of their young players' hands. They want them making mistakes right now. You know, I talked about how they couldn't afford to let Bull Bull make mistakes in the role that he was playing. Well, Paolo Bancaro making mistakes ain't the worst thing in the world, as long as he's learning from them. Um, because getting late game experience, learning how to play late games, that's a big thing for him. That's a big deal for him. Um, that is something that the Magic want to see happen. And if Powell makes a mistake here or there, that's fine. Because ultimately that's going to help him when they're really ready to compete a few years from now. Orlando worked this offseason in a way that we expected. We expect him to be fairly quiet. But they worked this offseason not worrying about what everyone around them is doing. They don't care that Cleveland got Max Struess. They don't care that Indiana added Bruce Brown, you know, player that a lot of us thought the Magic would be going after. They do not care that Miami is chasing after Damian Lillard. None of that stuff matters. Because yes, while we're all competing for the same 10 playoff spots, at this juncture, the Magic know and the Magic feel that internal development is going to help them take that next step. At this juncture, this team, this franchise feels that if they take care of themselves, if they improve their roster, if their young players get better, they're going to start seeing the results that they want to see. And so they didn't feel the need to put a bunch of money into the pot. They didn't feel the need to commit themselves hard and fast to making the playoffs or to, or to taking a giant leap because that giant leap is already on this roster. The leap that this team needs to take wasn't coming from the outside. Would Fred Van Vliet have helped? Sure. At $40 million, you know, with the contract that Houston gave them? Maybe not. Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. At the end of the day, what the Magic are worried about right now is themselves. They want to see their team, their group get better. And frankly, they want to see what they have to take that next step. They want to see what they're working with, where their failings are, whether players can step up to the plate. I, I, I know I've said this before, um, and, and one of the commenters on, on a previous uh, a previous post called me out on this, and I, I appreciate that because it, it, it deserves some extra explaining. This season is not about winning. In that, development will take care of winning. If the team develops the way they expect them to develop, they're going to be in the play-in tournament at, at minimum. If this team develops the way this, mag this organization expects and hopes for them to for them to develop, the wins are going to take care of themselves. What matters this year and why it's important that the Magic run their own races, I'm putting it, thanks to, De thanks to our guy, Devin Kennedy. Um, what matters this year is that the Magic figure out what they have. Figure out what, they, what philosophy they have that's going to carry them into the playoffs, that's going to help them ultimately succeed in the playoffs. And that at its baseline, at its foundation, starts with the player development, with the internal improvement that they expect to see this year. 
that is what's really at stake here for the Orlando Magic. And that's what this season's about. So, yeah, you know, there are only 10 playoff spots and, and or, or postseason spots. And Orlando's going to have to take one of those 10 from somebody. Um, you know, we're expecting Brooklyn to fall out of the postseason picture, although I don't think they'll fall completely out of it. We're expecting maybe Chicago to falter as they get a little bit older. We're expecting, uh, who else? Toronto probably is going to fall out of that spot, although I don't think they're completely out of it. Orlando is going to have to pass and surpass some of these teams. We can't completely ignore what's going on around the league. By the end of the day, if Orlando takes care of themselves, if Orlando takes care of their business, they'll get to the playoffs. They'll get to the postseason. And they're going to find out exactly what they need and perhaps even how quickly or how much accelerant they need to put on this thing to get where they ultimately want to go. To that end, the Magic have done a really good job putting themselves in a position to do anything. Flexibility is the key word for the Orlando Magic with everything that they have done on their roster. But that flexibility is about to run out. And Orlando is going to have to make some big decisions and maybe make some big moves much sooner than we think. We'll get to all that coming up. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. So when we talk about this Orlando Magic team, then, um, flexibility has been a really key word that's been thrown around. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it, it's not. Um, Orlando has all of these like really, really fun, funky contracts. The front-loaded Wendell Carter deal. Jonathan Isaac's fully non-guaranteed in 2020 for the 2025 season. Um, Joe Ingles is, is reportedly a team option for the 2025 season. Uh, I am suspecting that Mo Wagner's contract only has a partial guarantee for the 2025 season as well. The Magic have this like really fun ability to be a cap room team again next season, as well as to be a major player at the trade deadline, to be a major player at the uh, in the trade market. Um, this is a team that can do anything. And look, I you know I think John Hollinger made this point really well on the Athletic. Um, I agree with it. I know I've been banging this drum for a while now as well that, you know, players don't move in free agency anymore. Um, I'm trying to fix the lighting here. Sorry. Players, that didn't work either. Uh, sorry. Uh, players don't move in free agency anymore. Yeah, Yes, Fred Van Vliet got the max. Looks like James Harden's going to get the max. Um, there are a few max contracts thrown out in, in free agency, but Team players don't move in free agency as much. They're all moving in trades. And what's really important for the Orlando Magic is to be in position to make those trades. And look, Joe Ingles is an $11 million trade exception at this point. Jonathan Isaac is a $17 million trade exception if the Magic want to use him that way um, at the deadline. Um, you know, Markel Fultz is an expiring. Cole Anthony is an expiring. Orlando has trade chips and, you know, we'll get to the questions remaining for the off season after summer league. I think the biggest one left is now that Orlando, the next step for Orlando is figuring out who do you pay and how much Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony are both 
extension eligible this offseason. Um, you know, the Magic certainly could could sign Cole Anthony to an extension tomorrow, and we could be having a very different conversation. But the Orlando's going to have to start paying their players. That The reason why there's a ticking clock, and, and look, Orlando has a lot of flexibility, and I think it's really, really important for Orlando to fill salary slots. You want to go get a Damian, let's say, for instance, a Damian Lillard who's getting paid $35 million a year. Jonathan Isaac at $17 million gets you halfway there. You're not getting to those numbers. You're not getting to those players with rookie contracts. And so Orlando is coming to an end of all these rookie contracts. And they got to start making decisions both to fill their roster and figure out which kind of team they're going to commit to, which is, again, why this season is so important to figuring out who do you commit to, what do you actually need to succeed, what moves can you make. I think there's a really good chance the Magic do I think the Magic are going to extend one of Fultz or Anthony. I don't know if they can do both, especially with Anthony Black in the mix. But just play this out again. This summer, or next summer, 2024, Cole Anthony is a restricted free agent. 25, Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs are restricted free agents. Obviously, they'll get a little slightly different amounts, but Franz Wagner is probably going to get a max. Paolo Bancaro is a restricted free agent in 2026. The clock for flexibility is ticking. And you look at the teams that got really that get really good. They're able to bring in big name free agents or big name acquisitions while their star players are still on their rookie contracts. So yes, Orlando has this incredible flexibility. If Orlando has the season we all think they're going to have, where they make the play in tournament or make the playoffs and make a little bit of noise, they're a team that's going to be ripe to make a bigger move to try and go after a disgruntled star, to go after a player that another team doesn't want to pay and be the team that's willing to pay them or be the team that's willing to take on the risk of, you know, what Toronto did with Kawhi Leonard or what whoever's going to end up with Damian Lillard that isn't Miami is going to do with Damian Lillard. Orlando is a team that's going to be a player for these big name guys because they have the salary slots to do it. They have the roster space to do it. They have the flexibility to do it. This was not the summer to make those moves. And I agree with the Magic staying staying pat, staying flexible, doing all these things once again. But that time is coming. The time for Orlando to make these moves, to, to be able to do these things, that time is coming sooner than later. The clock is already ticking on this team. And so to the fans that, feel like they should have been more urgent, that they should have gone after some bigger-name players, that they should be taking more tangible and concrete steps forward, you're not wrong. Because Orlando's clock to get all this done is indeed ticking. It is already counting down. It is already getting closer and closer to midnight when this whole thing turns back into a pumpkin. Every franchise is trying to delay that time. So every franchise, except for the Lakers and the Heat, apparently, have to rebuild at some point. The Magic have the possibility of doing anything. Ultimately, though, what, what they're able to do and what they want to do starts with what they do on the court this season. And that's why, again, bringing it all the way back, that's why the Magic had to make decisions based on winning. 
That's why the Magic had to give, they have to give the young players they want to invest in, that's Paolo and Franz, the space to make their mistakes and to cover for those mistakes. They didn't have time to develop a bowl, a bowl bowl anymore because this Magic team knows that clock is ticking and they're in a new phase of this rebuild. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the based on podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank all of our everyday listeners. We appreciate you tuning in every day when you can. We'll be back with a fresh episode of Locked On Magic tomorrow. We'll probably dive into a little bit of the backup center debate uh, with Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze now that Wagner is back in the fold. Uh, we might also talk a little bit, just a little bit maybe, uh, about some other summer league, summer league guys to watch, especially Caleb Houston. I'm going to write a little bit about him tonight, it looks like. But uh, we'll see what we end up talking about tomorrow because you know news can happen as well. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked